Welcome back. No Clue Podcast, episode 51. We have returned. <laughs> we have returned. Yeah, we have. Yep. <laughs> okay. I'm um, one of your hosts. I'm Mike. And I'm Tyler. Welcome. We're going to stick to the one hour thing. So if you want to just fast forward to music and eventually movies. Just go to the one hour mark. We're gonna uh hold sports to an hour this week for sure. Uh, let's get into it, man. What's the first? Uh let's talk about so we last time we talked it was uh what was the game that was going on? Um <laughs> I think the Bucks no, that was the one before the Bucks beating the Pistons. Yeah, that was before. Let's talk about Saturday's games. Okay, the Spurs. I guess let's let's close out the first round and get into the second round. Okay. So game seven. Yeah. <clears throat> uh you know, it reminded me of um twenty thirteen when the Spurs in Miami went to game seven. Okay. And it was such a crazy series. Um, and LeBron was kind of having mixed games a lot of the time. Uh, mm-hmm. D-Wade was having like one. It was a great series, basically. And I was super excited for Game 7. Uh-huh. And this... And I wasn't excited for this game. But watching it, it reminded me of how disappointed I was at that other game. <laughs> so you were disappointed at this game, too? I was. Okay. Uh, it really showed me how limited the Spurs are offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just... And, and the Nuggets, I got to give them credit, they did play really good defense. Yeah. And they had that home crowd energy, that intensity. Uh-huh. Um, but, man, the Spurs, other than Rudy Gay, nobody could get it going. Yeah. In the first half, for sure. It was just such a struggle. And Rudy can't be your go-to guy. <laughs> they better give him, if he's trying to keep playing. They better give him some money just for this game. Yeah, yeah. These he are the types of guy, but not now. these are the types of games that get role players paid. Like what PJ Tucker did last year, I would have paid him a couple million dollars at least. Yeah. Just for that performance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it was just, I mean, I loved watching Jokic. He's, he's re- he really got comfortable, more comfortable as the series went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like he slowly figured out how to kind of, you know, work against their defense. Yeah. Or, I don't know, with him it's kind of weird because it sometimes seems like he just, he's not aggressive. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe that was the case, but early on he really wasn't doing that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
man, the Nuggets played with so much energy. Yeah, they did. Murray played fantastic the whole game, really. I mean, you, he didn't, like, go off, but he I, had big shots. I thought in the first quarter he was playing, like, straight trash, mm-hmm. and they were giving him some bullshit fouls, to be honest. They were giving him some crazy fouls. He, like, yeah. later on in the game, he picked it up and started hitting shots. Mm-hmm. But, like, he airballed that one great sequence they had. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and, then, and then got. Sequence. Yeah. yeah. And then got pinned, and they gave him a foul. Yeah. I was like, come on, man. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the game showed me that the Spurs really need a point guard. Yeah. White is really aggressive, but he's not a good point guard by any means. Um, Forbes, you know, Forbes can shoot, but obviously not a point guard. They really miss Murray um, or anybody. And then it also showed me that the Spurs really aren't athletic. After DeRozan, there's like not another elite athlete on the team. Yeah. And that showed because like it looked like older guys playing you know, a young team or something. Yeah. Young spry, you know, nuggets. Everyone on there is athletic. Um, so DeRozan just, he was just missing shots too. Yeah. He, he was, was getting shots. He makes, he was getting exactly. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was taking shots. He, we've all seen him make often. He just, they just weren't going down. Um, yeah. I mean, the nuggets have a great arena, great crowd. Yeah. You know, I, I got to give him a little credit for that. And, you know, it, DeRozan's been off in the playoffs before. I'm not going to hate on him too much because he's been great for them outside of this game. But, yeah. And like, he, he was getting solid looks. He was, yeah. And the thing is, he, you know, a lot of times um, LeBron gets the, you know, what if he played for a real coach? What if he played with a real point guard? Yeah. You've never seen LeBron with a good point guard, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've talked, I've given him credit for that. I've never seen DeRozan with a good point guard. Not, not one who can get their own shot. Lowry, eh, you know, we see what Lowry does. He'll go, uh, he'll I'll, get I'll talk about Lowry in a little bit. Yeah, Lowry can get zero some games. And I would like to see DeRozan play with a, Threat point guard, the point guard that can like get a just, bucket, just like a really, a really dangerous playmaker. Yeah, because he he is the point guard on the Spurs, right? <laughs> really, and that's not his game. I mean, he makes it work sometimes just because he's a good player and he knows how to play basketball, but that's not what he should be doing. Yeah, he's he's a guy who's improved as a playmaker, but yeah. like it never feels natural with him. No, it's it's not. It's not natural. You know? Yeah. And, you know, you can't expect it to be, and he almost has to for the Spurs right. to win games against teams like the Nuggets. So that's really, it was obvious that, and the Nuggets have like three or four good point guards on the team. And, you know, the Spurs have zero. So. Um, yeah, I, I would have liked, uh, and this is kind of random, but I thought the Spurs kind of followed Pop's lead and didn't have any intensity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only guy that was really getting hyped was Patty Mills. Right. Who and I would have liked... Intensity. Right. He's, you know, he could bring it for all 82 games. Yeah. But I would have liked to see more people kind of ignite the team a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. You know, like Rudy Gay had a couple moments... But mm-hmm. it was only because he was playing well. Right. 
You know, like a guy like Aldridge or DeRozan just kind of like stayed even keeled the whole time. Yeah. And I thought it would have, if they had gotten a little more emotionally involved, they would have gotten like Derek White and Forbes probably would have hit a couple extra shots. Yeah, I agree. You know, they just would have played a little bit better. I know it's kind of a small nitpick type of thing, but no, with I, the way the energy was going on, like all nuggets. Yeah, I agree. And I think they need they need an athlete to have that energy. Like right. it, it, they don't have to be skilled. Like if they had like a big man, like a Kali Stein big man who came off yes. the bench to get some highlight Perfect. blocks or like a highlight alley oop, that would be plenty because like a Jonathan Simmons. Yeah. Exactly. Like <laughs> who they used to have. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, they I think they do just need someone who can make a big defensive play or catch a big dunk out of nowhere and just bring some fire to the team. Because also Aldridge the reason why I said big man is because Potal is obviously not athletic and he just looks so stiff. Very and stiff. Bertans really isn't even a big man. He's like a small forward that's just tall. Um, and they don't really have anyone to bring athleticism that usually, that is Jokic's weakness most of the time. Right. And, um, you know, Plumlee is usually the guy who has to guard the athlete because Jokic can't. So when there's no one that Jokic really has to guard, Aldridge is basically Jokic as far as athleticism. That's as a true. matchup, so he doesn't have to work hard. So yeah. he just had a field day there. I was um, I was watching it with a friend of mine, and there was a play. Uh, I think it was in the second quarter mm-hmm. when Aldridge kind of got behind everybody and got a layup. Yeah, and I was like, man, the Nuggets should lose just for that bullshit because you should never let the slowest player in the fucking NBA run past everyone. Right. Come on now. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. Like, he's – athleticism just isn't there for the Spurs. Yeah, they need – they definitely – even if – I mean, like I said, Colley Stein, Nerlens Noel, even someone to just do something to make a highlight. They have no highlights if it's not DeRozan. And yeah. You can't do it all night, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're going to – I hope Lonnie Walker uh, has a good summer. Yeah, and I, he's Murray a, comes you know, back 100%. Just off that one play I saw, he's a freak athlete. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and Denver knows because it was fucking on them. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then if Murray comes back 100%, he usually has energy. He gets some big steals. He gets a couple nice dunks. Yeah, man. I, I, gotta, I would like Murray to play a little more under control. Yeah. I just think he gets a little – he goes out of control way too often. He just – rushes into the defense a lot of the time or, you know, tries to take crazy shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm if they're going to beat Portland in the next round. No, no, no. I was talking about Murray for the Spurs. Oh, DeJounte. Okay. Yeah, when he comes back, they'll have energy for them. Oh, okay. But no, no, I agree with you on Jamal for sure. Yeah. And he's going to have more pressure because he's going to have to be having to play defense all game too. He yeah. obviously had the mismatch against the Spurs. No one, there's no guard there that was as good as him. Right. Yeah. I yeah. saw Murray there. The video of him doing fucking a, a windmill. Yeah. Like yo, f- like five fucking months after. That's <laughs> right. wild. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be ready. 
uh, next season I think is going to be exciting for um, the Spurs. Hopefully, if I hope Popovich comes back because he has a good team, I'd like to see him, you know, keep working with. A little yeah, longer. man, like they're, they're a nice. I like they're kind of old school in a way. Like Aldridge and DeRozan are very old school, mm-hmm. but they they play with a a pace that's very comfortable for them. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So and they like if they add certain little things like a little bit more athleticism. Maybe guys who are shooters, but a little bit more creative. Yeah. And Forbes, I believe, can be that, but I just didn't see it enough in the series. And Bellinelli was hot garbage. Last yeah, time. he was not nowhere to be found. And the shots he was taking were all terrible. <laughs> That's what he is, though. To be fair to him, he's... yeah, but there were air balls though. Like they were bad mean, shots for him. He's like a J.R. Smith. Yeah, but Jr. does other things and just no. Yeah, he's yeah. I I'll agree to that, but like he's a similar kind of shot taker. Bellinelli will pump fake, and you'll be guarding him, and he'll just try to rise up over you from a standstill. (laughs) Yeah, he's wild. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, they need something. They need something different than that. Um, I can't think of someone, but I agree with you. They had another guy who can create. A three-point shot, they'd be mm-hmm. better off, too. All right, that's enough of that game. Yeah, real quick, I'm excited for the Nuggets. Like, I think they have a legitimate chance to beat Portland. Oh, yeah. I think they're a better team than Portland. Right, because they're so much deeper. Uh, yeah. They're winning so many of the matchups. Yeah, they, I mean, it's just two matchups that is better than everyone on there. Right. <laughs> Nuggets, except for... I mean, I think Lillard is better than Jokic, but not McCollum. And I think I Harris, Harris, he's not going to even out McCollum's production, but he mm-hmm. could cause problems for Portland. Yeah, I think they're close to a wash. Yeah. Harris or Murray, whoever is with McCollum, one of them can wash McCollum for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It is, yeah. The thing is, they have so many guards that um, they can keep – they can put him in and take him out, put him in. If Isaiah is warmed up, he may, I <laughs> he doubt may it. sneak out there. I doubt it. I'd put Isaiah on Seth. Seth can't hold Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> so All right, man. man. On, on that note, let's move on. <laughs> Seth can hold Isaiah? <laughs> Isaiah is not kind of trash. Like... <laughs> Seth is trash. I mean, I I don't disagree, but like Isaiah, talking about not athletic, Isaiah lost all of it, so. Yeah, from, yeah, I haven't seen him play in so long, I forgot how he even played. Like, seriously, I watching him in Cleveland and L.A. uh, and a little bit in Denver, like the two games. Yeah. Bro, he can't get by people. Nah, he can't. Not really. <laughs> like, if a 5'9 guy can't get by people, and I watched him in the playoffs before he got hurt against, like, when he was playing the Wizards, yeah. giving us 50. Yeah. Like, he could blow by at any point, and he can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I don't, I honestly doubt he's going to last much longer in the league. That's crazy. His last full season, he was the MVP candidate, and he's never <laughs> played since then. I it's mean, like him. It's, yeah, literally. Yeah. All right. Um, what was the other game? 
Uh, Toronto and Philly. Okay, yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot to react to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this this was a strange game for me. Why? There there was a lot of just questionable things, you know, just things that confused me from Philly's side, uh, and things that shocked me from Toronto's side. Okay, tell me. Um, well, the mo- the biggest one was Kawhi was sensational. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was the every time he has one of these huge games, he doesn't get that many free throws. No, he doesn't. And and it's crazy because he ends up showing all like he he really brings out the whole bag for these these kind of games. Yeah, he does. Like, there were so yeah. many dribble moves that I was just like, like I didn't know he was comfortable making that in traffic and spinning off Butler and just laying it up in his face. That's, that spin was vicious. Like, dude, to cover that much ground? Yeah, and he normally doesn't. Right. Right, he knows, he doesn't normally do that. I'm not sure why he was just in his bag. Yeah, and and Siakam also was, so like, such great energy. Uh, mm-hmm. He made a number of threes early on. Yeah, that really allowed him. To, like, if he's if he hits a couple shots, that makes him so much more dangerous. Because they run out there, right? And he goes straight to the rack. And he was just blowing by, doing whatever he wanted. He was forcing it in. They had no answer. He's so long. His arms, right? His wingspan is crazy. Yeah. When he goes to the basket, he really uses it. He's kind of like Greek freak, like to a much lesser degree. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. With the way he drives to the basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has that euro every time he goes. Yeah, to man. Basket so, so game. they were phenomenal. I like. You got to chill out on the Kawhi hate. <laughs> I sure don't. This doesn't change anything for me. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm fucking with you. I didn't think it would, but <laughs> like, I, I just the shots he was hitting to me. I was like, wow, like he's really in his fucking bag. Yeah, he was. He was feeling it for sure. Um, I mean, the, Philly. I don't think they have any matchup for Kawhi. I, I saw the, that's um, that's what pissed me off. Why? That was one of the things that pissed me off from Philly's side. It's like they allowed Kawhi and Siakam, and early on they had like ninety percent of their points. Dude, Philly is not good, and there was no <laughs> adjustment. Well, I, I told you after the game they had they outscored the whole starting five. Right, just two players. Right, and they're not the two players that are normally supposed to be doing that. It's not like it's Dame and McCollum. Right. Who like both get 40, who can both get 50. And before this game, I wouldn't have said Kawhi is capable of getting 50 any night. I wouldn't have said that. But And I definitely wouldn't say Siakam is capable of getting 30 every night. But they let them both get off easily. Yeah, I mean. It just it shocked me. Philly is just, is... Very um, dysfunctional. Very obviously, they have don't really have an identity. Um, I told you before with Butler, they just they go too many times without Butler touching the ball. Man, your go-to guy should touch the ball every other play, at least, or every two plays at least. I mean, because as oftentimes Butler's out there and he's like just playing defense, like he's three and D. And there's no that doesn't make any sense. They use him as like a fucking post feeder. Yeah, like 
Like, are you serious? Like, that's what you do with a fucking bum-ass point guard who, like a Chris Duon. That's what Chris Duon does. Chris Duon? <laughs> <laughs> you went way back. Yeah, I'm just throwing out a random yeah, I, scrub. No, you're right. And it's, you're right. it's disrespectful, like you said, for your main guy to just walk around and just be a fucking, be like a ball mover. Kawhi didn't play defense, though, that night. Right. He didn't play any defense. Not not a single fucking play. No, he he never. Obviously, he got some steals, but he never had to work. He got a couple easy help blocks. Those are, you know, his usually his best blocks, in my opinion, his help blocks. He gets blocks one on one, but usually they're just like you know, I keep it in your hand kind of thing. Yeah, they're not blocks. And um, his blocks turned into fast breaks. It was because he wasn't guarding his man because he could help and guard, block somebody else's shot. So he right. wasn't guarding his man. So it was clear that... Um, and he looked so much like, you know, Butler, I thought, is kind of an answer for him. Uh-huh. But man, he looked so much bigger than Butler did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> With just how he was getting to the basket and the kinds of moves he was putting on. I'm like, yeah. damn, like Butler looks so much smaller just playing against Kawhi. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yep. What else did you notice? Um. Uh, something that shocked me for Toronto, and I just, I never thought I would see the day, especially in a game one, knowing how awful Toronto has been. <clears throat> uh-huh. uh, I thought Kyle Lowry had a fantastic game. That's what you never thought you'd see? Never thought I'd see it. <laughs> oh man! Okay. And and I was watching it, and I was you know he didn't score a lot, uh-huh. and I was kind of early on. I was kind of hating on him for not really being able to get a shot off, and just kind of looking stiff as he usually does. Um, but then he started making like these every couple plays. He was making a great play, mm-hmm. and it's just one of those things you really have to like watch the game to notice. But, like, every couple plays, he would get a really nice assist. Um, a number of times, he set up Danny Green. Like, he set up Danny Green for a layup at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, and he a number of times, he was getting a strip or being in the right position to take a charge or just taking a the charge, but they don't call it. Mm-hmm. But he's still there disrupting the play. Right. And... That's what I, that's like, that's what I've been begging him to do. Mm-hmm. That's who he should, like, that's who he was defined as early on. Yeah, I agree. And and that's who he is as a core player. Mm-hmm. And for a guy who's, you know, he's just been fucking garbage at times. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked about it, you know, fucking endlessly. I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I was happy to see him playing well. Yeah. I agree. Yep. I don't have anything to add to that. Yeah, I just we hate on him so much, you know, like I don't want to th- I don't want people to think I just fucking hate him for no reason. Yeah, I don't want people to think I don't believe he belongs in the league. Right. I just don't think he's anywhere near the top tier of point guards. Right. That's so, when you start over I think that's the issue is people just overrate what he is. Right. They overrate the little things he does, too. Right. Yeah. Um, what else? We got a little bit of time before we get it to the next one. Uh, you know, about that game. Yeah. 
I mean, oh, like I said, man, um, with Ibaka, like they, why were they going and taking like lazy shots? The um, Sixers. Yeah. They were getting blocked like every time. This is one of the most blocks I've seen in a playoff game. I think it was like every other play. It was a block. If that's what it felt like, or at least a like a lockdown shot, like a shot that just got you know disturbed. Yeah, I, I thought Toronto or Philly made Toronto's defense look really good mm-hmm. more than Toronto actually played. You know, amazing defense. Right, I agree. Yeah, um, Embiid was. <clears throat> oh God, that's what that was my last thing I wanted to get to. Go ahead. Um, and this might be a little bit of a deep dive. Not really. I mean, <clears throat> before the game, I was I kind of turned on the channel about 15 minutes before, and you know they were talking about it. They had like the starting five side by side, and I was just uh-huh. looking at it and like. If Embiid is really a great player and a top guy to start your franchise around, mm-hmm. he should dominate what Marc Gasol is now. Okay. The kind of player Marc Gasol has become, uh, Embiid should dominate him. Why do you say that? Because he's incredibly slow, incredibly unathletic, uh, not nearly as much of a threat on offense as he used to be. Um, and he also hangs around the perimeter, so he doesn't put an insane amount of pressure on the defense. And what's crazy is, from this game, you could say I was wrong about Marcus All. That he can guard Embiid? Yeah, because he, and I don't know who to blame more for this, but Embiid only attacked him out of the post-up. Right. That was it. And there was it was completely boring, completely clueless uh, plays with no design. It was just you know swing it to whatever side and just give Embiid a shot to score. Right. And that was the only way he attacked a guy who's been the defensive player of the year. So, do you think that that's more on your underestimation of Gasol or your? overestimation of Embiid um I think it's a little bit of both okay um I was impressed with the number of times Gasol was actually closing out better than I expected him to Mm -hmm. uh and you know Gasol's not quick at all right especially Mark Powell could move a little bit back in his day but no, yeah, yeah. Mark's very immobile, according to DJ Augustine. Um, <laughs> right. And I was just shocked. I was just shocked at how boring Embiid's post-ups were and how mm-hmm. kind of lame his his shot attempts were. Mm-hmm. You know, he tried to out-muscle the heaviest guy on the court. <laughs> the one thing Gasol is good at. Exactly. I was just... <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, why would you not give Butler the ball, put Gasol in a pick and roll, make him move his fucking feet? Right. But instead, you're going to try to out-fucking-weight him? Bro, Mark Gasol, he's got to be close to 300. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. If he's not over the fucking mark. Mm -hmm. And to just 
again, going back to my one of my biggest criticisms with Philly, with a good coach, that would not have been happening. Right. With a, at least a top-tier coach. Like, it was so boring the way they tried to make Embiid play. I agree. And Embiid let them down because he, you know, he didn't... He kind of played like DeRozan. He was missing shots. Mm-hmm. But it just was shocking that it was just the same method of attack. I, like, I think, how do you not make adjustments? Right. I think Embiid's IQ is often overrated, number one. Um, number two, I think that his shot-creating skills is overrated. Um, uh, n- number three, I think Embiid... I think Embiid tries to wow people. He tries to... Like, you know how when you're on the court or you're playing one-on-one or something and someone says, oh, you know, you can't shoot, so you shoot a three? Right. Like, I think Embiid often gets baited into that by the other big man. Like, oh, everyone knows Gasol is stronger than Embiid. So Embiid, first thing he does is try to outstrength Gasol. And, you know, it doesn't work. He's one of those guys, I think, that can be baited into a one-on-one game like yeah. Westbrook. Um, so I think that hurts him often. And, you know, I don't know if that's maturity or IQ as well, but I, I that's what I noticed. It looked like he was just doing exactly what Gasol wanted him to do. It was, it was really frustrating to watch. Because mm-hmm. it's like I, I, I've been hating on Brett Brown, but I'm just like, like, Embiid is still supposed to be better than this. Like, there's another guy who is was in a similar situation in today's one of today's games. Right, we're good to that. Right, but yeah. it was just like, bro, even if the the even if the coaching is fucking up, and you know, we've talked about like coaching mistakes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Embiid has to be a better scorer in in those situations. Yeah, he does. He can't rely. And he was bitching. He spent so much time bitching for fouls that really wasn't fouls. Right. Like, he had one where he threw it up, didn't get a call that really wasn't a foul, got it back, and literally leaped into somebody as they moved out of the way. And he was Mm -hmm. fucking screaming for a foul. Like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like he he just has to be smarter. He has to be more composed. He has to play better. That's that's what it comes down to. Right, I agree. Okay, um, today's games. Which one you want to start with? Uh, let's go with the green game. All green. Okay, Bucks and Celtics. And yep. Celtics beat the crap out of the Bucks. If, beat the in crap. In case you missed it. Okay. You want me to go first or you? I want to see what you have to say. Okay. Um, the Celtics took a gamble and it paid off. And when I say they took a gamble, I say with the defensive strategy, I think Brad Stevens came up with. I don't know if it was on purpose or once the game started, he just started doing this like all together. But normally when Greek Freak scores or when the Bucks play fantastic is because Greek Freak opens up open shots for everybody. 
right? Because he usually goes straight down the middle, Euro step, dunks on somebody, etc. Right? Or they get second chance points. Is I mean, second chance points by the mysteries, Greek freak gets rebounds, whatever. But what Brad Stevens did was instead of letting Greek freak open up shots from the th- from the three, he let he made the three point shooters have to open up the paint for Greek Freak. And the three-point shooters kept missing. They missed a lot of open shots in the first half. Everyone. Bledsoe missed a bunch of wide-open ones. Ilyasova came in was missing open shots. I thought Bledsoe could have played a lot better, especially in the first half. I totally agree. And he took more jump shots than he needed to. Um, Lopez missed a lot of open threes. Um, And when Lopez missed threes, then... Baines and Horford didn't have to leave the paint. So that made it harder for Greek Freak. That made it harder for Bledsoe. And when the shots didn't fall, the Celtics just started laying back and clogging the paint up. Yeah, I I didn't like... I thought the Greek Freak also did a poor job because they were sending help, but he had, especially early on, he had opportunities to score. He did. And he couldn't he couldn't get by Al Horford. Uh, there was a couple times he couldn't get by uh, Marcus, mm-hmm. and Marcus had a great game. You know, a yes. number of Celtics had a great game, but it just he was struggling to score on guys he should be scoring on. Mm-hmm. Based off his play, right? This year, right. Mm-hmm. And he started hitting shots when it was way too late. If Greek Freak makes three threes. You're playing great D as the as the other team, right? Greek Freak should never be taking more than three threes in the first place. But if he makes three threes and other people are not taking threes, because he's taking them, and then the best rebounder is not in the paint, so you're you're doing good things if he's taking threes, in my opinion. Right. And um, you know, obviously you saw that in the box score. And the thing is, no Celtic, in my opinion, played like fantastic. They just all played good. I thought Kyrie did what we're criticizing DeRozan and Bede and Giannis. Kyrie hit all-star shots. Yeah, he hit the shots he take. He normally can hit. You know? Right. Yeah, they he played on par. I think Tatum was like non-existent. I Tatum was playing, and I was like, man, they don't have Tatum today. <laughs> he had been playing the whole game. I thought Hayward like, had a really great stretch in the second quarter. Oh, he did for sure. He had like ten points. I think he had an assist or two. Mm-hmm. I was just like, he was, had a couple of step backs. Yeah, like he, he was so comfortable. Yeah, it was. You know, it was a weird. It was a weird game, but I, I think Celtics just flat out outplayed them. Bucks just played bad. You know, everybody. And I'm maybe this is a little bit of a criticism to the coaching staff mm-hmm. but I thought um Middleton should have been more involved in the offense okay Middleton shot the ball fairly well for the shots that he got yeah um but he just he, there was such long periods in the game where he was just a shooter mm-hmm. like like he could do more than that I feel like yeah, especially so if you get him moving, get him a little more involved. Like he's a capable ball handler to make plays. It didn't look like they ran many plays. 
as a team. Kind of looked like they just came down in a set and was just seeing like just yeah, they, crying they stuff. did a they did a poor job spacing the the floor. Yeah, they did, and it was kind of like I couldn't really tell if it was just just the fact that their plays were bad or if it was just guys playing poorly. Or maybe it was the Celtics playing great. And the Celtics were playing well. Yeah. You know, you're never going to shoot poorly without the other team playing some kind of defense. Right. I, I, and I think that's what it came down to. I think it was the Celtics' D. Their strategy was really good. Um. Brown, Brown, uh, Brown impressed me a little bit. But he's done this before, so. Jalen Brown? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, he, he they give him clock. And he hit some great like role player shots. <laughs> they give him clock. You act like he's <laughs> you act like he's a scrub that they just let play. He's, he's good. He's a scrub in my opinion. <laughs> he's one of the key players on the team. I think he All is right. one of them. I mean, they can win with him playing bad, though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but. Him playing well usually contributes to them winning. I'm I'm impressed with how great the Celtics defense has been without Smart. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I thought they would really suffer with. But um, who did they play first? They played um the Pacers, Indiana. Yeah, and now they're playing um the Bucks. They haven't. Bledsoe, to your point, should have been more aggressive, because I think he has the. And hear me out on this. I think he has the mismatch against Kyrie in the fact that I think Bledsoe can guard Kyrie better than Kyrie can guard Bledsoe. Not that I think, like, I don't think Bledsoe's going to outscore him, but I think that Bledsoe's defense is better than is better than Kyrie's D more than Kyrie's offense is better than his offense. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, Kyrie can get 40. And Bledsoe can give you he can get thirty if he's like playing amazing. You're that's what I'm saying though. You're you're basing it off of like Bledsoe's peak. Yeah, I'm like I'm Bledsoe their peaks though. But it's unfair because Kyrie's peak is a lot more like likely to happen than Bledsoe's is. Yeah, but Kyrie's defense is not good for Bledsoe's peak. Bledsoe's peak is more likely to happen on Kyrie's defense I, than Kyrie's peak is to, on Bledsoe's defense. Is what I saying. mean, I don't know. It didn't look like it in game one. And Bledsoe didn't do anything on offense. You said that. He was just coming down and jacking up threes. And and Bledsoe's been known to do that. Yeah, but I, I, he has to be aggressive on Kyrie's. The, he has to make him work. I, I agree with you on that, yeah. He can't just not do anything Again, Kyrie. similar to Kawhi, you can't let the fucking... Star player, just relax. Yeah, but Bledsoe can't just, you know, he has to use his size on Kyrie on offense, or else Kyrie just does nothing. Just comes down and backs up and lets Bledsoe take bad threes, and that's all he did. And when Bledsoe drove, he just and Bledsoe was really trying to force getting fouls. Yeah, he, he like was, yeah. like it's. I'm really starting to. And Kawhi did it a couple times, and I was a little upset. Like, and, these guys are really starting to depend on the refs to make mm-hmm. plays. Embiid. You said Embiid. Too. Oh, my God. He was the terrible. Yeah, he was, he was probably the worst. the worst one. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And DeRozan is one of those two. 
unfortunately. Right. And DeRozan usually is like top four in free throw attempts in yeah. the league. Him and Embiid. Um, but yeah, I don't, it was a weird game. I don't have much else to say about it. it was just yeah, like, I just think the Bucks kind of came out a little unprepared. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be a lot better in the second game. Yeah, I, I think so. the role guys will will shoot the ball a lot better. Yeah, you do you have a prediction for the series? Um, you still up in the air. I I picked Bucks in seven. Uh huh. And I, it doesn't yeah. look good right now, but I'm sticking with it. Okay. Okay. All right, the big game, the <laughs> Western Conference Finals. In some people's eyes, look like the playoffs just started. Right. I was like, damn, now this these are fucking playoffs. Yeah. So Houston and um Golden State. Golden State caught the first game at home. Um Okay. <laughs> what you got? Oh man. You know, I don't have as a lot of takes for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh I just thought it came down to Steph Curry was actually clutch, which was shocking. Shocking? Why? Um, he just—he's not very clutch, in my opinion. Okay. And he's shown it by how poorly he's played in the finals, and you know, at times in in certain games where they blow leads, mm-hmm. he's a big reason why they they like completely blow the lead. Uh-huh. Like in LeBron's prime, Cavs or Miami used to blow leads, and LeBron would close the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Too many times Steph doesn't do that. Okay. And it's it's hard it's hard for going. me to say that because, you know, the Warriors are a dynasty. Right. But they're like they they're flawed. Mm-hmm. They're flawed like any other team. Yeah. And they're they're not deep at all. Especially against Houston. Right. Who is incredibly deep. But I, I was really impressed with they looked deep in the first half. Houston? No, uh, I thought Golden, Golden State, State looked deep in the first mm-hmm. half because uh, Draymond was playing with great energy. Um, he was kind of playing to what, he, again, similar to Lowry, what he, what kind of player he is. Mm-hmm. Just impacting the game in every random way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Looney w- did a great job of getting open, finishing plays. He made a jumper at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just available. And I told you, I told you, it only happens when their offense is clicking. Yeah. And they were moving the fuck out of the ball in the first half. Yeah, Looney was three for four, by the way. And they had, uh, how many assists? 24 assists? See, that's when Durant should get 35, when they have 24 assists. Yeah, and it was, sure. it was weird because, like, Harden shot the ball pretty poorly, yeah. And Durant also didn't have a great shooting night percentage wise. Right. Um, but Golden State just their their role guys played so much better. Yeah, they did. And Steph and, and Clay looked like just, you know, role guys on steroids. Mm-hmm. Because they were just Clay really impressed me with some of the shots he, he made. Yeah, and he in this First half, he wasn't shooting as good as he could. Right. But he still was hitting good shots. You know? Like, he, there was a number of plays. I was just like, wow, like, I really didn't know he could do that. Mm-hmm. He handled being uncomfortable very well. 
Yeah. I thought, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. What was like the biggest takeaway for you? Um, the biggest takeaway. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think I have a big takeaway. Do you? Yeah, like, I don't think this game showed how the series will play out. Why do you say that? Because, if anything, it was a very even game for a a large portion of it. Mm Mm-hmm. It was. You know, the Rockets do what they always do against the Warriors, and and, and they come back. Uh Every time the Warriors... They pull away and they relax, and the Rockets. That's when they strike. Right. That's when CP starts playing. That's when all of a sudden the roll guys are hitting shots, mm-hmm. and and they make a run. Like to close the half, they were just, they were just great. I thought. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I was like, wow, like this is Houston. If this is the kind of game it's going to be, they're going to need. They're going to have a chance to win, and their star player is going to have to close the game. Yeah, I think they're all going to be pretty close games. Well, I'll say this. I think Houston has a better chance of blowing the Warriors out than the Warriors have a chance of blowing them out. And I think if either one can happen any night, of course. Yeah. But I have, if I was to bet, I think Houston will have the first blowout of this series. If there's going to be one, I think it would be Houston. Yeah, they they really wasted uh, Eric Gordon's game today. For sure. He was just, he was getting to the rack. I was like, God damn, is he just more swole than everybody else? (laughs) Right. And the thing is, the Warriors played pretty much, I mean, they had a lot of turnovers, right? And they had a lot of bad fouls, a couple bad plays. But as far as scoring, I think they scored very well. Their bench did nothing. Um, but Houston's bench, who normally does score well, they didn't do that much. P.J. Tucker started and had zero points in 39 minutes. Yeah, I thought House missed a couple of makeable threes. House missed a couple of makeable threes, you're right. Um, Gerald Green, like, didn't get any minutes. Fareed didn't play. Um, and, you know, Shumper didn't really, he wasn't really aggressive. I think Houston needs to be their bench needs to be more aggressive, and if they are, which they, we've seen them do it, and they you know where the bench can have three or four guys with nine plus points, they may catch a blowout in one of these games, but they do have to be aggressive off the bench. Like you know when Gerald Green comes in there and just starts firing, and he hits his first couple, and then he, you know he's having a good night. Yeah. It's one of those one of those nights they could blow the Warriors out, but um, you know they just didn't do that tonight. Tucker was worthless on offense, <laughs> right? Um, I, I, and C, CP just played okay on offense. Yeah, he he was kind of missing uh, for a couple stretches. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Harden, it's kind of weird because he shot the ball poorly, mm-hmm. and you can criticize him for that. And again, another thing that shocked me, similar to like Lowry, I never thought I'd say it, but I thought Harden was not getting any fucking calls at one point. He wasn't. Uh, clear, there were clear fouls. He was well, getting he fucking. Bro, national champion or Kyle guy. Yeah. The Kyle guy call. 
is yeah. is exactly what was going was happening to Harden on. I think th- I think I saw it on three different shots. It was all Clay, right? It wasn't Clay. I time? Draymond was one, and I think Clay had two. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, dude, like they're not letting him land. That's a foul. It is a foul. And I like I get the whole oh my like it's fucking Western Conference like semifinal it's the playoffs, but it's the exact same thing the Warriors did to the Spurs right in the Western Conference semifinals like I mean it's like I agree with you they weren't giving him the calls it seemed weird how they were calling the game for sure it did it was just strange like you got to be consistent about the rule. Yeah, you know, if guys could close out on Harden, and just because they don't hit him with the hand, but they don't let him land now, that's legal all of a sudden. It's just it was it was very strange to me. Yeah, and Houston had to like force their way into getting calls, right? And instead of just you know, I don't know if that's if that's like if that's just punishment because they get so many calls, which isn't right, even if it is right. Yeah. So I was just I was confused a little bit. I agree. But but Harden has to be he has to score more. He has to fucking be more efficient. I mean. Yeah, he has to be more efficient, or he has to you know create more plays. Um, because he he, he settled he settled for the uh, you know dribble 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 step back way too many times. Yeah, and they had way too many shot clock violations. Like, I've seen more shot clock violations this playoffs than I think I've ever seen in the playoffs. Just already. Yeah, Milwaukee had a really bad one, too. Milwaukee had a bunch. Um, Indiana and Boston, that series had a lot of them. Um, Toronto and Orlando had a bunch of them. And and Houston had, like, four of them tonight. And I, I just don't understand when you have all these guys who can make shots and have all this kind of range. Gordon and... Harden have crazy range. Just take a three if you have to. I don't. I don't understand why they keep getting shot clock violations. But you know it happens over and over again. They're taking weird shots. Um, CP to me didn't. He wasn't. Uh, he didn't take enough shots. Really, he just didn't have the ball enough. I think because he only had four assists and only took nine shots. CP. Yeah. I mean, this is. The guy that everyone says if he was there they would have beat the Warriors. He was there and did nothing tonight. Yeah, I mean he needs to do more than that. Um, so, but to be fair, to be fair, like we said early on, the last year this series started off in a similar way. It did, yeah. Where it was kind of more of the same, where it's close game, close game, close game, and the Warriors make just a couple more plays than the Rockets do. Right. Um, but the Rockets, you know, turned it around at one point, and I, th- I think they're more than capable in- to do that again. Without the Rockets' technical fouls, it would have been a one-point game. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I don't really have, an, like, anything to say about any of the techs. No, I don't, I don't either. Um, the refs got to yeah. do something to, like, have some kind of control of the game, yeah. With right. with stuff like that, and players, I mean, they shouldn't get text, but they have the right to stand up for themselves. So yeah, uh, and they should. So, all right, 
I don't have anything else for that. You want to talk NFL draft real quick? Oh yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> yeah. What, what? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't want to talk about the major one, obviously. There's um, nothing to say, man. Uh, I thought the Raiders picked a bunch of like random ass players that I thought were just kind of strange. I agree, and I've heard I heard that from a lot of different outlets. Um, I'm really I'm really confused how that running back is rated as well as he is. Why? Because he like he didn't even play. He wasn't the best running back on his team. <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes. But I've um, seen. Backup quarterbacks win championships. Right, right. No, it's so, just uh, I'll be fair because I'm not a huge college football like guy, so I don't know a lot of these guys that well. Right. Yeah. Um, but it just the Raiders just seem like they don't have a direction with like where what kind of team they're gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that's. What else did I think about the draft? Um, Haskins going to the Redskins, correct? It was, it was, I thought it's interesting. Um, the Redskins were doing a lot of weird stuff as far as quarterbacks go to me. Um, because they also were trying to get, they were in the Josh Rosen, uh, talks at first. Sweepstakes. Yeah. And then they, you know, they made an offer and didn't work. Then something else happened and they were talking about getting somebody else. And then all of a sudden they get Haskins. So I thought that was – I wonder if they, like, got him just because they needed a quarterback. Was it just by default? Or, like, I just want to know, like, what their thinking is as far as their quarterbacks go. Yeah, that's that was, I mean, they got a lot of guys recovering from injuries. Mm-hmm. Smith is coming back from a leg fracture. Uh, right. Who was it, Colt McCoy? or? Yeah. I think they got Colt. Yeah, he also got fucking hurt, like, the second game. Mm-hmm. He was in there, so it, I understand. Like, it seems like he just fell to them. Right, that's what I'm saying. It, and the thing is, when you try to trade for somebody a week before the draft and then you go draft a quarterback, it's like, that was confusing to me. Yeah, it seems like it kind of seems like you're making it up as you go. <laughs> right, I thought that was interesting. And, um, I mean, I'm not a Redskins fan, but I just wanted to, I want to yeah. understand. I mean, I, I don't think it's a game changer for them. No, it's not. Uh, I, I think, like, Has- Haskins is, is, he had a great year, mm-hmm. but he's not really mobile. No, he's not. I was kind of shocked watching him a little bit. Like, I'm like, damn, he doesn't really move much. <laughs> not much, no. And he doesn't really have a great feel for the pocket, so he gets thrown off sometimes, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I didn't see, you know, every game, so this isn't like an in-depth analysis, but... Right, he's good, I mean... Yeah, he, know, he threw but... for 50 touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, he, you can't not be good and throw for 50 touchdowns. Right, yeah, and have a good record. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, the Giants don't know what they're doing, man. Uh, yeah, man, uh, you know... You know what this pick reminds me of? What? I was thinking about it the other day. Um, this, you remember when the Bears took Trubisky? Uh, 
Yeah, I wasn't aware of it, but it I was it was it a couple years. It, he was the second pick. Mm-hmm. It it shocked the sports world. Uh huh. Because he was out of I think North Carolina maybe. Uh, yeah, or, so. or North Carolina State. I'm not sure, but he was just out of like a nowhere school for in terms of football. Yeah. Um, and he just he, he was on nobody's board. And the Bears just kind of, you know, gave him the fucking chance. He was good. He was good at UNC, though. Maybe he, he wasn't. Like maybe he was NFL, pro, NFL good, though. But and he's yeah. now their starting quarterback. Right. And you know what? And this, I have to. It's a little bit of a long story, so bear with me. Uh-huh. With the Bears, what they've done with Trubisky is, you know, it's. With the Bears, you never have to worry about their defense. It's always going to be good. Mm-hmm. So, and when you build your team around your quarterback, so you your coaching staff designs quick plays, so your quarterback either moves quickly or he gets rid of the ball quickly. Right. And you don't force him to make a ton of decisions. And, you know, right. that's one of the reasons I think he's a bad quarterback. But, like, you're playing to his strengths. Mm-hmm. You're playing to how athletic he is. You're playing to, you know, how that he could be a fast player. He could get your offense moving if you get creative with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it looks like it's a good pick for the Bears. And it, right. and it shows that the Bears had a plan. Yeah. Please tell me, do the Giants have a fucking plan? I don't know, man. If no matter what happens, he's gonna surprise people. Like <laughs> he's either gonna surprise people with how bad he is <laughs> or how good he is. It's one yeah. of those situations. It's it's just the the what I really hate about picking him mm-hmm. is like He's gonna be limited in some ways. Like he's just—he's. I doubt he's fucking Patrick Mahomes. Clearly not. Right. Like I even even Patrick Mahomes has certain limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, like he sometimes gets you know gunslingy with that ball. Yeah. Uh-huh. But with his limitations, are the Giants a good enough franchise to build a roster around those limitations? They just threw the roster away. Exactly. It, they've shown me the last four years that they are not being run well. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. Maybe that's a bad way of saying it, but they're not being run with the intent of building a Super Bowl contender. <laughs> I heard a joke um, that said uh, Duke made a deal with the city of New York. <laughs> That <laughs> if they take <laughs> Daniel Jones, yeah, come on, <laughs> y'all can have Zion, yeah. but you gotta take uh, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Yo, what if New York doesn't even get the first pick? <laughs> uh, hey, man, I don't know. I, it was a joke. It was a joke. No, nah, bro. You know what was funny as shit was um, you, you probably saw Joe. You, I think you sent me Joe Budden's reaction. Yeah. Bro, did you see he said like uh like yo they fucking got a zero star recruit. 
Yeah. I'm a fucking zero star recruit. <laughs> yeah. I was fucking crying. He said, um, he said about his reaction video, he was like, dude, I didn't even tell my wife to record me. He said, so she knew something was wrong with that pic. She's never watched football in her life and she knew there was something wrong with the pic. Because she knew I was going to have to react to it. Yeah. That's how you know it's bad when someone who don't even watch football starts recording somebody else because they know that the pig is trash. Yeah, man. It was... Again, I just... I think the Giants are being run so poorly and it just... it. I kind of feel bad for this guy. Because mm-hmm. he's like... He's not going to be allowed to be mediocre and just, you know, become better. He's either going to be great and he's going to save them and I'm going to give that maybe like a 5% chance. Save them. Or or the other 95% is he'll, he'll be trash. And even if he's decent, because they're so trash at putting a roster together, he's going to look like trash. Right. No, you're right. So, yeah, man, that's all I wanted to say about it. It just it pisses me off that... Uh, the Giants are just getting away with, you know, not trying to fucking win. Yeah. Like, bro, come on, man. You owe it to the fan base to progress towards winning. Yeah. And this pick does not show me that that's what you're doing. Right. If anything, if anything, it seems like, like, oh, this is a cool pick because we'll get a fuck ton of publicity for it. If they're doing that, man, I'm done with the Giants. Yeah, I mean, it's it's getting to that point of just just stupidity and just like complete lack of awareness with what the direction of the fucking team is. Right. I totally agree. All right. Go Jets. Go Jets, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go Jets. Uh, I'll make the transition, man. Since we're gonna talk about his album. Um. Uh, I'll play. I'll play your gem first. Uh, you want to introduce it at all? No. Uh, no. Just let it go. We'll get into it after. All right. Might pull up in my bucket. This nine holds a good dozen. Might slide up in your cousin. Just made a meal and still thugging. Niggas banged on me, but they should have shot me. See, I hit the corner, then spotting, got him. Court days, but I skipped the bail. Rather the wig myself before I sit in jail. Need a gang of weed and a pain of lean. Got a hat, say fig on my gangster tip. Don't trust no hoe, I might sock the bitch. I'm apocalypse to your politics. Might cop the phantom, big ghost. I could pay your bills with this coat. Need an extra band for this smoke. I can see for miles with this scope, nigga. Got an ox prescribed to this dope dealer. Mrs. Piggy want a biggie back. Rock cremation, then cardiac crack. I'ma keep on eating till my ankles fat. Sell that fix, throw it across the map. Push my penis in between her lap. Put my semen all down her throat. Tell Tito Kilos, come off that boat. This the shit that they want. This the shit that they need. Tell me, where are you from? Drop your pants to your knees. Check, I might hit it. If you see my house, I might hit it. This that shit that they want. This that 
shit that they need. This that shit that's from me. This that shit that's gon' want. This that shit that they want. This that shit that they want. Yeah, this that four niggas in a regal flow. Speeding through the yellow light. Treat my Versace belt like it's a mistletoe. I put everything over yellow rice. Graduated from hell of ice. If I stand on my bank roll. Nigga, I be scared of heights and I be dodging the polite. When I was pole with no lights, when I was pole with potential, watch my flow in four inches. Oh Lord, she increases. All gold but my inventions, pull it down and she kissing. All gold in my wrists, God, it just no conviction. Just because I got dread, don't get it twisted. Moving my whip down the boulevard. Word around town, I was selling hard. Hard, and I'm talking about a yayo. Hit on the floor, then a layla. Amigo sick of passing with the pesos. Promethazine, codeine, caseloads. And when I pull up to the belly, you know I got them strippers on payroll. This the shit that they want. This the shit that they need. Tell me where are you from? Drop your pants to your knees. Girl, I'm capital G. This the shit they gon' buy. This the shit why I'm fly. This the shit why I'm high. This the shit they gon' want. This the shit that they want. This the shit that they want. Tell them. If you see my watch, I might hit it. Check, I might hit it. If you see my house, I might hit it. This that shit that they want. This that shit that they need. This that shit that's from me. This that shit that's gon' want. This that shit that they want. This that shit that they want. Honey, can you my truck? Keep that bitch with that dog. She gon' pop in them heels. She must heard of my deal. She gon' roll on them pills. Just don't grab on my hat. This that shit that's Iraq. This that make you climax. This that shit you just bought. This that you go ham hard. This that car that won't park. When you thought it won't drop Oxymoron in stores Come in kids like the door Knock, 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 hit the floor Need my bread off the top Could buy anything off the lot This that steel, not the grill Get them slugs off for real This that curl with the gel We gon' win, smoke the L She love my mic, rock the bell Leave that pool, 90 kill All them hoes run to kill Spit that truth, make the loot Expensive whips, we hot box Spend two bills on my socks This that make you cock block This that make me pop shot This that filthy convo that must be fed. This the shit that they want. This the shit that they need. Tell me where are you from? Drop your pants to your knees. Girl, I'm capital G. This the shit they gon' buy. This the shit why I'm fly. This the shit why I'm high. This the shit they gon' want. This the shit that they want. This the shit that they want. Tell them. If you see my watch, I might hit it. If you see my check, I might hit it. If you see my house, I might hit it. This that shit that they want. This that shit that they need. Alright, let's get right into it, man. Schoolboy, what'd you think? What is it, Crash? Crash Talk. Uh, crash Talk, yeah. Um, I thought this album was kind of a mixed bag. Okay. Uh, there were some things I enjoyed. There's a couple things I didn't enjoy. Um, it's kind of been the same with him for me with every <laughs> project in terms of uh, there's songs I like, there's songs I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like his albums aren't cohesive to me. Okay, yeah, they're, I can see that. Kind of just like a collection of songs. 
Yeah, they kind of feel like mixtapes almost. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good thing in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just like when the songs I didn't like, it was it was hard to get through on you know second third listens. Fair. Um, but the songs I liked were really good. I thought. Okay. You know, I mean, I thought the opening track, Gang Gang, had a was really it was a great banger. Mm-hmm. So much energy to come into an album with. I was like, damn, like, if we get more of this, I'm ready. Uh huh. And and then Tails, I, I didn't really fuck with Tails. Right. Then Ch- Chopsticks got annoying by the second listen. Oh, it's been annoying for weeks now for me. Since it um, first came out. I, I thought this Num Num Juice, which I didn't really like as a single. Uh-huh. I, I thought it sounded cool. Yeah, it sounds better on the album for me. Yeah. Uh, Drunk, I enjoyed. Okay. I wasn't really feeling it at first, but it kind of grew on me. Mm-hmm. I went through it, like, I went through it completely three times, and then I just kind of played the hits a little bit. Okay. Um. So, Lies. I did too. Lies for me was probably the best hook. Ty. Uh, yeah. Ty saved the day again. <laughs> but uh, uh, like, I didn't really care for it on the the last couple listens. Mm-hmm. Uh, fifty two hundred, I really liked. Uh huh. I really enjoyed. It's, I think all the higher energy songs, the songs that were a little faster paced. Yeah. I, I liked. Okay. Uh, black black folk was not for me. I mean, I just wasn't really feeling it. <laughs> right, clearly. I mean, it's a boring. In my opinion, it's a boring song. Nah, it is. Yeah. So that's kind of what I reviewed it off of. No, nah, I'm just. I was joking. Yeah, it, it, I didn't like it either. I, well, go ahead. You finish. Um, floating, floating. I thought the hook could have been better, but it was. It was. A, it was for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just any You're 21 fan. yeah. Anytime he's featured, I gotta hear it. So Savage the 21st, <laughs> right? He sounded great. They both yeah. their verses like re- sounded really well. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But the hook was very repetitive. Yeah, it was too repetitive. For uh, me. Dangerous was definitely an interlude. I don't know why it didn't say that. I don't know why it exists. It's not good, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely an interlude. Yeah. Um, I was waiting for the energy. It seemed like it was leading up to a track that never happened. I agree. Like it was a preparation for a sound that we never got. It felt so out of place. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it was just random. Um, And, and I'm not going to lie. Uh, the last four songs were all really good for me. I told those were probably my four favorite songs. Yeah, like, I thought to Lil to. Baby was... Um, you know, he's not my favorite feature, but I do enjoy him a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And the song kind of was fit for him to be on. Yeah. Uh, so it made him sound even better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, like, it's not a bad album. It's not really, like, you know, I wouldn't go out of your way to listen to it. Yeah. Um, Is it his best work? I don't think so. I know a number of people are saying it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I think Oxymoron's, the, like, the hits off of Oxymoron are significantly better than the hits on this one. Yeah, you know, he's. I think he's one of those, what have you done for me lately kind of artists. Okay. That whatever the new thing that comes out is the best. Like, he'll always, 
it, some there's a lot of people who are like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think Pusha T is kind of like that. Every time Pusha T comes out with something new, it's his best. Like every time. Um, and there's there's more people. I'm not gonna get into that, but yeah, man. Um, it definitely didn't feel cohesive to me. It did kind of jump around. Um, I didn't really get a sense of a common theme on here, but I definitely you know it's just schoolboy just rapping all all the time. Like he had like a journal of lyrics and he just you know just ran through them or whatever he did uh i pretty much agree with you on all the songs i'm not going to go through all the songs like you know lies. none of the songs were too long right that's true none of them were too long um and none of them like really none of them to me were like painful to hear but they were like you know yeah okay i'm cool on this i don't need to hear this again um, yeah, they weren't. Yeah, none of the bad songs were like uh, atrocious. Right. Um, Lies was the easiest. Lies and drunk. Probably that like that little stretch. Num num juice. Drunk lies and fifty two hundred were like that stretch was really easy to go back to. Mm-hmm. And then the last stretch was really easy to go back to. Um, die with them crash water and attention. Um, uh, like you said, floating was repetitive, uh, but it was cool the first, first time, maybe second time. It was just this album as a whole doesn't really have a lot of replay value, right? Like it's it's he's one of, like you said he's one of the art like he jumps around and he's uh, to me he's always been like that. He has. Yeah, um, I so agree. it's it's one of those things where you just kind of find the songs that you enjoy the sound of. Yeah. Uh so it's kind of like a personal preference thing. He's at the he's in like the top tier mediocre rappers to me. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron, <laughs> but it, it exists yeah, to I me. Got you. I think I'm with you. ASAP Rocky's in there. Top tier just okay all the time. <laughs> <It> sounds <laughs> that, weird, just, but like yeah, I got you. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, there's okay rappers who are just okay, but they're you know they could be trash. But his stuff is like the best of the okay stuff. Him and ASAP to me are um, two of the top tier. But uh, I've put him in the same realm as ASAP probably. Um, I just don't know when he's ever gonna stop being mediocre. I don't at this point. I don't think he's capable of it. Like he has a hit and it doesn't really last. So. Um, I don't know if it's his choice of features or whatever it is. And he tends to sound the same on a lot of his songs. Him? Yeah. Like, the song doesn't sound the same. But his vibe or his energy or his flows are very similar a lot. I think that kind of hurts him. But um, I'm talking about him now. I'm not talking about the album because the album I thought was pretty good. It was pretty good. I don't know what I would, like, rate it, but... It wasn't bad at all. Yeah, I don't think any of his albums are really bad. No, they're not. They're, like I said, top tier, mediocre. I'm happy that this one was a little bit shorter than Blank Face. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought Blank I Face he... was a little bit long. Yeah, and I think he came he came really hard with the um, features on Blank Face. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of... Um, this one was more focused on him, I think. Yeah. 
the features were mostly subtle. Um, I feel like uh, Twenty One Savage had like the most, um, the most action from a feature on a song. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he kind of like the beat. I was like, damn, like I could really hear Twenty One coming on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seemed like he was experimenting some flows too. Schoolboy did. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with that. Like, I, I don't mind that. Yeah, I don't mind it either. Like, that's kind of, that's where the personal preference thing comes in. Cause like, like I want him to, exp- he's got a good, like, he, he does find interesting sounds. Yeah, he does. Like he does find like gang gang is really fire. Like 5200 yeah, sounds, he sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Like I think die with that with him. He sounds phenomenal at one point. I'm like, like this is, this is what I want to hear from him all the time. Yeah. And it's just he doesn't always get that. Right. But that that's all right. I, I like like you said, he's just the top tier of of okay. Yeah. Which isn't a bad spot to be in. You said it's not a bad spot. No. Yeah, I agree. Cause he has a very very loyal fan base. Yeah, all, I'm all not the sure. top dog guys do. Yeah, I guess so. This definitely wasn't better than Redemption. No, of course not. So those saying it's like the best top dog album, get out of here. Somebody said that. Some, my friend told me that he saw it on the internet. He could have been. It could have been like a meme or something. That's ridiculous. If, if anyone who thinks that is ridiculous. <laughs> Just flat out uh, wrong. I wish they would cut. Uh, um, what is his name? <laughs> I can't remember his name now. The trash one with the long hair. Oh, uh, Absol. Absol was trash. <laughs> they need to cut Absol from Top Dog. That's funny. He's whack. Because <laughs> <laughs> like every time I hear another Top Dog album, I just. He just gets worse and worse. He gets easier for me to forget. I don't even remember I just... the last time I heard Absol, to be honest with you. I think I heard him on like somebody else's song. I think I heard him on GTA 5. That was the last time I heard him. Well, <laughs> there you go. I'm pretty sure he's got a song on like, one of the radio stations. Trash. All right. Um, next album we got is Black Bear. Yeah. Okay. Um, what did you think of this one? Um, I gotta be honest, man. I'm pretty biased against Black Bear. <laughs> so, I'm gonna sound like a hater. But I really, I you know, I listen to this with an open mind, of course, right? And I know who he is, so I know what he's bringing. And I wasn't impressed. Um, it was it was cool, but you know it's just really not for me. Honestly, I I, I like how some of the songs were really short. I thought he had a pretty um. I don't think versatile is the word, but he he's I think got the a little tempos, bit of he's got a little bit of like that Bryson tempo switch up. Yeah, that's what I was, that's exactly what I was gonna say. The tempo switches. Were pretty good. I thought they were good. I, I agree. I completely agree. It was uh, a little f- like f- too far, too few, but in between. 
In what way? Like there just wasn't enough of that. Oh right, yeah, I agree. Um, because yeah. eighteen tracks is a bit much. Mhm. But they were short. Most of them. Some of them weren't. But a lot of them were short. Yeah, but uh, I I thought I'm gonna be honest. There was a point in the middle of this project where he kind of talks about just weed for uh-huh. like four songs in a row. <laughs> Yeah, and he, and he makes it like he really paints this like scenario of him just being like addicted to it. Yeah, and it just it just it was kind of corny to me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, when I first heard this, I um, texted someone that I know who likes him, and I said, you know what, I get some of his songs. I get to a point where I'm just like, okay, I I get it. Like I know. I kind of know what the rest of the album is without me hearing it. Yeah. Because I don't get why every love song has to have, like, so much profanity in it for, like, no reason, number one. Which is cool. You know, I'm not saying that he can't do that. But, like, I I can't think of a love song to me that actually sounds like a love song from him. Because it usually ends up with him, like, (laughs) talking about a terrible drug addiction or him overdosing or... Like him killing himself at the he's end. He's so of it. generic in the fact that like he's like the typical like oh fame is too much. Like I don't know how to handle fame. Like that's what he is. Yeah, he he sounds. I mean, he sounds like he needs some serious help. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I I mean to be like I'll say I enjoyed. Um. Swear to God, I liked. Uh, sick of it all I enjoyed mm-hmm. uh, One-Sided Love was really good I like the One-Sided Love yeah um, and I think there was one other song I really liked but besides that none of these tracks like really stood out for me yeah it just sounds like one of his albums I mean if yeah. you have heard his album he's just a guy to me once you hear him you've heard all, all of him like, he it's not that much different I'm surprised he didn't include any features in this one yeah. He's had a couple of projects where he'll throw you a curveball and bring out two chains, and or like he brought. I remember he had a feature that was just super crazy to me. Cameron. Yes. Yeah. That was just a shocker. <laughs> yeah. He had T Pain, MGK. Oh my God, I forgot he had some Tinashe. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a random Rick Ross. Yeah. My God, he had them all, and he had zero on this. He's trying to go platinum with no feature. Nah, he's whack. He should have gotten a couple more people involved. It would have gave this album a little more variety. Right, and that's the big problem: is the lack of variety. Like I said, I really after you hear a couple, it just. You know, it's like I get the direction. Like, I know what the rest of these are probably going to sound like. And they kind of do sound... Not that the songs sound the same, but he sounds the same, I guess. Does that make sense, do you think? Yeah, uh, I get it. Yeah. I, it's cool, though. I mean, I, I'm not hating on the album. I thought it was pretty good, you know, for him. And I'm not a fan, but I could see why people would like this album. So... I don't have anything else to say about it. You? No, yeah, I didn't. Like, I listened to it a couple times, but, like, I didn't deep dive into it. It just, 
you know, may, this this sounds bad, but it just wasn't good enough for me to really deep dive into it. <laughs> I found I found myself just kind of forgetting he was even playing in the car. Yeah, yeah, I get and it. Yeah, called that. I mean, that's a criticism. I mean, I'll take that. You know, <laughs> just wasn't good enough. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to sound like elitist. <laughs> Like no, yo, this get... shit wasn't worth my fucking time. No, I totally understand. I don't... But like, <laughs> it's look, just funny. I, I just didn't think it. that's what was my first coming. listen. I was excited for it because, mm-hmm. like, he like we talked about, like he's his that thing that Bryson does. He yeah. he hits that sometimes. He does, yeah. And I was like, like I enjoy that, but it's just like eighteen tracks, and I'm only getting that, and maybe like. I'm only really getting that in maybe five of them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, and th- maybe once in another two tracks. And his subject matter, like, just doesn't change. Yeah, it's just so corny like, the and same thing. generic. Yeah, you can't talk about the same thing and just, like, in a different, uh, like, in a different flow and it'd be an album. Yeah, it's just, like, a different song, but, like, <laughs> nothing's really changed. <laughs> Right, I hate that I miss you. I'm gonna take it out on myself. Right, oh my god, (laughs) that's what he does every song. My girlfriend doesn't know that I'm out with my other girlfriend. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, it does. Like you said, it definitely sounds like it's a fame issue. He's all about his problems with fame. He can't keep. Bro, we heard this shit from everyone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. I listened to Pink's new album. <laughs> Interesting. Just a, yeah, I just, you know, I saw it. I said, you know, I haven't heard of Pink in a while. So let me, uh, you know, let me hit some Pink. Hurts to be Human is called. And I wanted to bring this up because it, um, a new topic came to me while I listened to this. And it was that, I'm not sure how to judge pop music anymore. And the reason why I say that, and not not judge, but I'm trying to figure out a way to like really differentiate pop music because it's hard now. A lot of pop music is just the same thing over and over again. And listening to Pink's album, you know, it, it really brought it to light to me. Um, and it kind of took me back to the last Zane album we listened to, right? Oh, yeah. And it just seemed like one whole long song. Now, Pink's album didn't do that. But I'm saying there was like, um, how many songs on here? Like 15 songs on here. Like four of them were really, really unique. Now, I'll say, I'll say six. And then the other... Eight or nine were like just the same, the same pop song that everybody has made. Um, and I, I don't know why that is. Uh, but it's like pop is becoming so cookie cutter. Everything has to sound similar. So, um, long story short, I thought it was pretty good. If you're a Pink fan, you know, go, you, you'll probably like it. But, um, Pop music is just has taken a step back, I think. Honestly, overall, I've noticed a major step back in pop music, and I think it's because 
other genres are like just stepping into pop and just taking pop low key and um maybe that's over analyzation but that's what it seems like to me cuz the pop stars like are not good at pop music anymore and it's like the people who aren't normally pop stars that are making a lot of pop hits yeah cuz Ariana likes to blur lines of genres likes to blur the genres and um you know I would consider her one of the major pop stars I think Rihanna is another one but they like to go back and forth and just the strictly pop stars they're suffering from that I think but um yeah man that's what I got listening to the album I thought some of the songs were really good I would say go check out some K-pop if you're struggling to find uh, good pop music (laughs) (laughs) yeah for real yeah um she had a random cash cash feature on here. The Chris Stapleson song I saw was actually Khalid was on there. Yeah, that was cool. It was a little, it was a little down. I I don't know why people like to put other artists on the title track, which I, I for some reason I don't ever like that. But um, it was pretty good. It was a little slow. Um, I I really liked. I think it was Walk Me Home I really liked. Um, I liked Happy. But, you know, she's just getting kind of the same courage. Like, she has the same the same kind of, I don't know, man. Energy? <laughs> yeah, she's been the same energy for a while. I got you. Um, but it was cool. It was, an, it was a different kind of switch up. Uh, I think that's all I got to. Is that all you got to? Yeah. Did you hear the new Tiger and Chris Brown? No. Light it up. Is it heat? Of course. Yeah, they're really <laughs> flawless. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll play I'll play a little bit of it since um, we don't have we don't have any more music anyway, right? No. After this, will Avengers. Yeah, man. Alright, I'll, I'll play a little bit. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. But
niggas gon' light it up. If you a real nigga, gon' light it up. It's your birthday, light it up. If you a real bitch, gon' light it up. Yeah, mellow. You a real bitch, light it up. That's actually the whole song, so <laughs> it's only two minutes. Yeah, that's a hit. <laughs> it's instant hit. I mean, like I don't know. I'm not saying mainstream hit, but it's a hit for me. Yeah, Tiger. Well, Tiger, Tiger's really kind of flawless when he gets mainstream production. Yeah, he does. Like, I, I, I mean, feel like I, I whoever agree. he works with, I feel like it's not giving him enough uh, of a chance to shine because these kind of fast beats that he could just just skate through similar to kind of what Wiz Khalifa does. Yeah. Man, he sounds really good in that pocket. That was Marshmallow on that beat. Hmm. It's actually Marshmallow's song featuring Tiger and Chris. Oh, okay. Yeah. I um... saw a single uh Sheck West and, and DJ Snake. <laughs> That's a wild combo. And their feature it's featuring Offset 21 and Gucci Mane. Wow. That's a fucking Enzo? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's probably super hard. Yeah, it might be a yeah, banger. I gotta, I gotta that hear out. that. Um, did you hear the Drake and Sway Lee snippet? Ooh. No. Yeah, uh, Virgil Abloh played it, like, in his DJ set. Um, and it sounds great. I don't think I can find it. Um, That's all right. I'll check it out later. Yeah, but I, I was like, whoa. Okay, I'm ready. I need that. Yeah, right. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I'm ready for that. Uh, I, I feel like there was some other news I wanted to talk about, about uh, uh, some other music news maybe. Maybe not. Okay, let's, let's just get into it, man. Yeah, we got let's... a lot to discuss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we both... Wait, wait. Let me do it right. All right. So we both saw Avengers in-game. <laughs> what do you... Spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah, if you have not sure. seen the movie, do not listen to this part. Turn off, turn off the f- podcast and come back later. Yeah, yeah, we're done. We're done for the people who haven't seen it. If you've seen Avengers, yeah. you know. Once we keep get listening. into it, if you haven't, and you're gonna be mad. We told you. Spoiler alert. I'm saying it a hundred times. Yeah. If you if you haven't seen it, I mean, if you have seen it, keep listening. If you haven't, we'll see you episode fifty two. Yeah. Well, we're talking about Avengers for the rest There's of the episode. There's just so much things to get into. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, where where do you want to start? You want it chronological in the movie or... No, what? no. Um, uh, I guess, well, let's just go one after the other. You throw out something you like, I'll react. I'll throw out something I like, you'll react. Okay, just positivity at first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, you first then. Um, I just, I thought the payoff was incredible. 
the payoff as in as in just the avengers assemble moment oh okay yeah i thought sure. they just it was so great with how the movie takes its time to get to that point i agree and you know there there you know there's some there's a lot of different things that happens leading up to it mm-hmm. but man that moment of just every fucking character and mm-hmm. like I love how they kind of the shot just sweeps with just the characters in it. Yeah. And it just you just see everyone coming through the fucking Doctor Strange uh fucking time holes the, or whatever they are like space holes. Yeah, the portals yeah, or whatever. Whatever yeah. he makes. Yeah, coming on your left. That was fire. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> man, that is just and the way like Captain delivers that line so perfectly. Oh yeah, just yeah, Avengers assemble, and they just fucking go. And and picking um Black Panther's silhouette first, yeah. was was a great idea. Yeah, man, like they just, his walk, they nailed some of the fan service stuff. Yeah, they did. Yeah, you're right. Like, and they've mm-hmm. done it with the whole, you know, twenty two movies. Yeah, they did. So it's just. Yep. A, um yeah man that was obviously that was probably the biggest thing for me i just i was just shocked at how epic of a moment it was right and like like you know you hype something up so insanely and Mm -hmm. the fact that it doesn't disappoint is just Uh just gives them so much it just shows how great of a job they did yeah okay i really liked the vulnerability uh emotionally of all the characters yes i, I like that each character had a moment that you know they were vulnerable i like that um and the thing is i didn't appreciate it until later you know like i feel like during the movie at first i felt like it was dragging those those vulnerable parts yeah. but then obviously you know like like you just said at the end it just all makes up for it um i think the deaths were good good timing um, yeah yeah um yeah i i really liked how you know people cried in this not not people who watched it i mean the characters i like how the characters really felt some heartbreak felt loss um, yeah, the the if, stakes were real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that that was great. Um, I really liked the double cross. You know, the switch with um, Nebula. I like that. Mm. That was a good, good touch. Yeah, that was an interesting um, twist. Um, I I was thinking, and I talked to a friend of mine about this. Like we both agreed, it seemed like. They were going to get the stones and just, you know, go back and fight Thanos to, like, when Infinity War happened. Uh-huh. You know, it kind of seemed like they were just going to get the stones and bring people back and then attack Thanos. Right. But they, they like, with that double cross, it really kind of picked up the pace of the movie at that point. Yeah. And it really got things going. I was like, wow, like that's, I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Do you have any other things you um, particularly liked? I I enjoyed how how they kept like how they they portrayed Captain America's and Iron Man's just differences. Like their relationship with each other? Yeah, mm-hmm. and just how different okay. they are, you know, as individuals in terms of like what they value, what they prioritize, how they think. Yeah. How their ideals clash. Yeah. Like I thought that was highlighted so well in this movie. Okay. Like I thought yeah. I thought when, when Tony comes back and just fucking just hands him his chess piece. Yeah. I was just like, wow, that is that was one of like, you know, Civil War had some emotional moments towards the end. But mm-hmm. like, man, the way he was just like, like, where were you? Like we were supposed to lose as a team or whatever, like you weren't there. I was just like, damn, like that is an impactful moment. Yeah. And and <laughs> having him emaciated like that in the beginning was wild. Yeah. Cause I didn't notice it until like he got there. Yeah. When he was in space, I didn't, he, he looked fine to me. And then all of a sudden he was <laughs> tiny. Yeah. That was wild. But yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. And like, mm-hmm. I love like, it's little things that I love about the uh, Marvel movies in like that moment was so intense and for him to yeah. randomly fucking throw out the fact that he thought uh, uh, the fucking raccoon, the rocket was fucking Build-A-Bear. Yeah. You know, like the whole theater was crying laughing at that shit. Yeah, Thor was my theater's main humor. Yeah, Thor had people rolling too. I liked how they, how you saw Thor mature in the movie. Yeah, I liked that. Um, you know, he when he saw his mom. I, I really then, thought his moment with his mom was probably the best, um, like family time moment. Yeah, it was family. I guess time travel moment. Yeah, out of all the vulnerable parts, his was the best to me. I think. Um, I didn't. I didn't dislike, but I didn't like um, Tony Stark's that much. It was it was okay, but um, you know I liked Stark's kind of um, like his character arc initially. Con- it was a contrast to what everybody else was going through. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because Tony found a family, whereas you know everybody else lost someone. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an interesting kind of it. it it really made it it made sense for tony to not go along with what they're trying to do right cuz he he was the only one who won from the situation right yeah you're right and i thought it was nice because you know the the knock on tony was always his selfishness uh-huh. and how he's uh, you know self-absorbed and in this movie yeah. he really has to just overcome that Right. I I thought I mean I didn't think it was gonna happen, but I don't know why. Well, no, I'm not gonna get into that. But it, there's a lot of things, small things, that I felt were unnecessary. But I get it because it, it really made it seem like a um, let's go bring the gang back together kind of movie. Yeah. And 
at first I didn't like it, but like after I left the theater, I get it. But during the movie, I was like, "Yo, come on, man! Like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying?" Yeah. With Hulk being normal and dabbing, and I, I thought they being... kind of pushed that that diner joke. Yeah. Like they just kind of kept it going. I'm like, all right, I get it. Like it's funny, but like let's keep it going. Right. Um, and then Thor being fat, you know, with with the guys from the jail. Um, you know that that was cool, but I think that lasted a little long. Uh, but again, Thor's maturation throughout the movie, you know, if that it made up for that moment to me. Yeah. Um, in the ending, you know, him deciding to go with the Guardians, I thought that was cool. Him, you know, letting Valkyrie take over the asgard yeah new asgard that was nice i also thought it was really funny at the end when he's fucking like laughing with him about who the captain's gonna be that might have been the funniest part to me <laughs> Bro, i swear throughout this to the 22 movies chris hemsworth has become a a night and day better comedic actor I, he's honestly my favorite character in the movies now to be honest i mean as far as uh like personality, yes. not not the hero, yeah. but the personality wise, he's my favorite. I think they, I think they could have had more Pratt in the movie. You know, Chris Pratt just had like a, he didn't have a lot of moments in there, but I get it because he wasn't there. Right. Yeah. None of the but, guys um, who died or disappeared in the Infinity War really had a proper like moment. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think because the movie was so humorous, I thought Pratt would have more yeah. out of all the guys who died. Um, but the other thing is the Iron Man and Spider-Man relationship, Tony Stark and Spider-Man relationship. Yeah. I feel like it felt like I missed something there. It like, was a I, little I they under bu- like they didn't build it. Yeah. Up. Yeah. I, Just I, I can, sudden, I can like, agree with that. Yeah, like all of a sudden he has this, you know, infatuation with the kid, but like we never saw him have any agony. They, they kind of go with during homecoming, like that's one of the things. Yeah. But they don't really like stress that enough. Yeah, they don't stress it enough to the point where Stark is like looking at his picture in his, you right, know, in his phone right. or on his desk and crying right. about it. I but ne- I, I, I could, never like thought... that's a small like there's so many characters that I could forgive little things like that. Oh yeah, I I forgive it, but I thought that was I just thought they needed a little something like even if it was just a flashback of like a moment they had because yeah. based off the moments we have seen, I don't think Stark needed to be how he was. That's all I'm saying. Even though I get it, right? It's a kid, but. Um, he never showed that much emotion for him until, like, this movie, all of a sudden. Like, just rare moments. Um, I think Ant-Man was good. Ant-Man had a really nice story. He was he was also a big, you know, he was a huge reason for why the events played out in this movie. Yeah, his, his jokes really weren't that funny to me, though, this time. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird because... 
he was the reason, you know, they had any kind of plan to save everyone. And then uh-huh. he spent a good chunk of the movie getting roasted for being like, you know, not as important as everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was strange too. Yeah, he like like you made him the... so crucial to the story, and and then he just took a step back. Yeah, and the then he just the became like the fucking guy who's just like trying to like listen in on the important conversation. Yeah, like come on, man, you owe him better than that when he's the guy who you know started the basically the comeback if you want to call it that yeah i thought that was weird too i agree about that um i told you before i i thought you know i thought loki would have at least a small appearance in it yeah other than just the just the flashback was kind of whack i thought he'd be in there more but i get it um uh i think that's that's really it for any criticisms or, you know, positives I had about it. Other than that, it was it was good, really good. Yeah, man. I just there's so many great character moments. Um, just some other things that stood out to me. I thought they they kind of switched up, um, Thanos's uh like character arc. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he becomes, and it's I understand why it's such a difference because. Infinity War, he was kind of the main character. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he's not. Like, he's uh, like a definitive side character. Or right. Like, the antagonist. But because of the events already, ha- like, having played out in Infinity War, he has a very, like, different story than you would expect in this movie. He's a different story, and he's really not the antagonist in this. Like, I, like, to me, I mean, at the end, he's who they fight. But throughout the movie, I never saw a villain, of, like, arising. Right. Until, like, the last 45 minutes of the movie. Like, they just kept saying they were going to fight Danos. Yeah, we got to get Danos. But, well, they never, um, like, the plan wasn't to have to fight him again, in a way. It was just to bring everyone back. Yeah. So... I guess that's why. So he was just kind of like a um, random obstacle that, you know, came out of nowhere because of the situation. But I thought that was kind of strange that they didn't build up him being the villain in this. And they did show the, again, the vulnerable side of him and his little weird family. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked, I think Josh Brolin, again, does a phenomenal job. Like, he delivers the lines so well. I think he did better in this yeah, than he did like in Infinity he, War. He has so many impactful lines. Yeah. And and I love that they, they have a moment here where Captain kind of almost hints at the fact that maybe what Thanos did isn't all bad. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting kind of, like, underlying tone that they never really, like explored but it was it was interesting that it was there mm-hmm. and Thanos is just you know the whole him he him talking about how he's inevitable and talking mm-hmm. about from the trailer to like how it you know whatever you do it brings you back to me yeah and I, I really loved um just you know the final 
action sequence was incredible. Pretty and flawless. And just to sum it up, like, I loved with how it was a Thor, Cap, and Iron Man. And yeah. they have to the true, fight him. The true Avengers. Those, I mean, those are the ones. Right. Yeah. And I just loved how Thor has, like, a great battle with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Captain gets the fucking hammer, which was... The theater just went crazy when he got the hammer. Yeah. I mean, people were, like, so hyped. It was like a sporting event. Yeah, it was It was, it was awesome. Right. And he just... Just how they... How he fights with the hammer was so badass. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a moment when, you know, eventually he, they still don't beat him. Right. And the fights get and, so intense that you would think, like, oh, shit, like, Captain's about to beat him. Right. And I and I already told you how I felt about that. I just thought it was crazy that Danos was, like, still unstoppable. Right. Without anything. And I... Because the first time when Dor fought him he had one stone yeah and he you know um killed loki to get the other stone but whooped hulk's like, ass right and that was with the stone so i didn't think like without the stone he could still whoop everybody easily but i really love the line where he's talking about how like in the past it's always been uh just you know not personal uh but yeah. i'm gonna enjoy doing it here yeah, I was just like, like you really that that was a great build up to for him to say that, mm-hmm. like you really make it so much more impactful that this conflict is happening between them. Yeah, and and the thing is, cer- certain things in the movie made you really have to remember that you watched all the other ones, like like that situation with because he brought the same creatures from the first Avengers. Um, because like the fact that Cap picked the hammer up, I mean that he can summon the hammer is from uh what the second Avengers yeah, two. Yeah, they were caring about it in uh, Age of Ultron. Right. Um, the thing is, if you don't recall those movies, like certain details can confuse you. Cause you'd be like, if, but if if you didn't see that movie, you'd be like, yo, what just happened? But like, if you have to see the other movies. Yeah, you do, of course. Like, I'm not going to blame them. And they do a pretty good job of explaining the storyline even without knowing the other details. No, the storyline, they definitely explain it. I'm saying the details within the storyline, it helps to have seen the other movies to understand those details. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I for people who that. haven't seen all of them like in a, you know... I mean, if, if you haven't seen... The only time you ever watched them was in the theater... You probably will miss some things. If you haven't seen all of them, like, fuck you. You shouldn't be watching it Endgame anyway. Right. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, man, I, I, like, I loved everything with Thanos. I loved the weapon he had. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved, I loved just <sighs> so many little things, man. What about the setup for the future? How do you feel about that? Falcon, um, the Guardians need to find Gamora. Doors with the Guardians. Iron Man's gone. I mean, what do you think? Uh, I, I, it was, it was, it was a good conclusion. Mm-hmm. Like it was a, it wasn't like a, I was looking at any of it and was just like, 
Like, what the fuck? Like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I thought Dark Knight Rises when he fucking just... When Alfred kind of sees him with uh, Catwoman. You uh-huh. know, at, like a, like, a dinner or whatever. I'm just yeah. like, that's so corny. Like, let him die. Or, or uh-huh. like, really, you know, don't kill him. Right. But don't make it, like, this corny vision that Alfred's had. Like, that's just weird. Right. Um, and I thought, this movie doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Which I really is another credit to how good it is. Okay. So you think that... Uh, so, so you think it's cool... Like, um, well, I guess, what what am I trying to ask? So, like, the evolution, like, after Avengers is gone, you're cool with, like, the next generation now? Oh, no, I don't give a fuck about them, to be honest. (laughs) Why? Um, like, they just haven't, their characters aren't, they, they haven't been as emotionally invested as, like, Iron Man and Captain America have been. Right. It's gonna have to be a rebirth for sure. Like, like a revolution. Like I enjoyed Captain Marvel, but the uh-huh. character of Captain Marvel is like I don't care for for her that much. Uh-huh. Or I don't care for her in the way that I was like excited to see like what Iron Man is gonna do next. Yeah, and Captain Marvel, we didn't talk about it. She was just weird in this movie. Like, she, she I, I feel like, like an add-on. Yeah, it looked late. It yeah, definitely like looked it late. Looked like they added her towards the end, almost. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. I was, I thought that was weird because at first I was like, "Oh, I need to see Captain Marvel before this movie comes out," and you really don't. Not at all. Like the what happened in Captain Marvel has nothing to do with this movie at all. You know, I just, I, I don't like. They have like the built-in excuse. That uh, like there's other planets that were going through the same shit that they Earth was going through. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're the ones trying to fight Thanos. Right. They're the ones trying to get the like people Thanos... back. Why are you anywhere else? <laughs> Thanos is here. Right. So that's where you should be at. Uh, right. Yeah, I get you right. And um. Like I Samuel Jackson was in it for like ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> a full ten seconds. That was kinda wild. They didn't bring him out for the fight. Yeah, or at least, you know, him show up at some point. Right. Um and he said nothing. But I mean like the fact that at the end of Captain Marvel she shows up and says, you know, where's Nick Fury? And then like the movie Nick Fury's not even in the movie. That was weird to me. Um, yeah, it it had it had its holes for sure. It had its weird things, but overall, it was great. I think showing the, um, you know, the clanking of the future Iron Man suit was interesting. Um, oh wow, that's showing. what it was. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Oh, you didn't stay till after. Well, I heard the sound. Yeah, it's, it's it's Iron Man. It's from when Iron Man was clanking. Yeah, yeah, right, his right. Making and it's supposed to be the saying like the next Iron Man because it's the kid is gonna be the next one, the dude. Oh, what? from um, Iron Man three. Are you serious? 
Yeah, he was at the funeral. That was th- that guy that was like random. That's the kid that helped him build the suit Dude, to go get out of here. Yeah. I'm I did not know that. That is fucking trash kind of. <laughs> Dude, I was trash. <laughs> He's going to be Iron Man. I watched the movie with my girlfriend and I was trying to turn to her like like cuz they were going through all the people at the funeral. And I was yeah. trying to ask, like, yo, who the fuck is that one guy who just, was just standing there? We've never seen him before. It's the same actor, too. Wow. He's just older. Wow. that was I did not even catch that. Yeah, he. Yeah, that's him. So he's going to be... He's going to have something to do with the next generation. Um, that's fucking cool. Captain America's black now. Falcon's <laughs> kind of... I like the little fight he had. Like, the... They let him use his gadgets, made him look pretty cool. Yeah. But, like, he just, he's so whack. Yeah, he seems so corny. He just, like, sucks Captain America. Like, he just quickly just started following him, and he never questions him. Like, he's all, like, (laughs) insanely loyal, even through all the shit that was going on in Civil War. Well, I mean, he, he knows who Cap is from the history books. You know, I think he he knows he looks at Cap as a superhero. I think though, I don't think I think he's like an obsessive fan of a superhero more than he is like a you know his friend, I guess. Because I feel like if that was my friend, I wouldn't take what happened at the end that well. I don't think as well as he took it. Just like oh wow, like <laughs> you're ninety years old, dude. Like that's it. You didn't say anything. Yeah. I'm I'm happy for you. Like I would not be happy for. <laughs> I mean, I would be happy for him, but it would be a different reaction. Like he had no, he wasn't surprised. He was just smiling. Um, and I assume that he told Bucky like in the past what he was gonna do or something. Yeah, Bucky seemed real like ready for it. Right. He, I think he did like tell Bucky already. Um, but I don't know why Bucky like never speaks. Like I'm sick of that now. <laughs> he's he's only spoken in like one of the movies. Yeah, he and, says like uh, two words when they find him at Wakanda. Right. A, Where's the fight? Yeah. And then he never speaks again. And then um, this one, he just says, "Go on." That's like the only thing he says. I think that was kind of wild. Um, I, th- I think that crew like had the least amount of exposure in the movie. Um, Captain America's buddies. Yeah. Uh, I guess because Cap. Was... I just feel about Black Widow dying. Uh, it was cool. It was all right. I thought I thought it was a good time. Good yeah, timing. I liked how they had a little fight over who gets to like go. Yeah. I thought that made it a little more of a like impactful moment. Also. Yeah, it was cute too. Cause they had their thing, yeah. you know. I mean, who really? <laughs> who was Black Widow like actually with? Like, I can't even tell anymore. Like, her and Cap had a little moment. Her yeah. and the Hulk yeah, have moments. She's, she's... Her and Hawkeye have moments. He's weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I liked it though. I liked that scene. I did. It just seemed, it seemed weird because I just, 
when I went to the movies, I didn't expect to see her die. Mm-hmm. But since she did, I get it. I get it. Uh, you got anything else? Um, the little girl was cool, and um, what's the bodyguard's name again? Uh, Hap. Mister Happy or whatever. Yeah, Hap. I think. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. I'm glad he came back. I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, he um. Yeah, man. I just thought all the characters they they found a way to balance so many characters. Mm-hmm. And and it just, I loved I loved how they in Infinity War Captain America was kind of an afterthought, and in this movie he was kind of the lead. Right. Um. And and Tony Stark's death was so. Like. It just it was a it made sense. <laughs> Explain. It just I, I, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting him to get the fist. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved how he just kind of ended the... He was the one who started this whole, you know, Avengers thing. Yeah. And he ended it. Right. And I loved the moment that, you know, they actually let Gwyneth Paltrow act a little bit. Iron Pepper... She came through. Yeah, she was kind of whack in a suit, but yeah, she's too old for yeah, that. Now. But I mean, I, I get it. You know, you got to get everybody involved. You're right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they handled his death really well. I was I was assuming they would kill either Captain or Iron Man. Yeah, they basically killed them both in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I knew. I mean, I knew based off the comics that Iron Man isn't there anymore. Right. So. Yeah, so I just I, think they I, handled it very well. I think so too. Yeah. Like, there's a lot so. of little things to nitpick with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is three hours, and I don't think it needs to be. It definitely like, didn't. They need could to have be. cut certain things out. There. The first hour and a half could have been cut to like forty-five minutes. <laughs> It, it could at least cut 30 minutes off of it, I yeah, think. Yeah, like, they really focused on, um, and I, I didn't really like, in hindsight, I didn't really enjoy this. You know, for, uh-huh. for all of the heroism that we've seen from them, mm-hmm. the first, like, hour, maybe even hour and a half, really focuses on them supposedly giving up and moving on. Right. And it's just like, like, there's no way that so many of these characters would just give up. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then like captains sitting in support groups, telling people <laughs> to move on. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying earlier. It just really felt like a, let's get the old gang. Like, you, like, you didn't need that scene, in my opinion. Nah, I don't think so either. I didn't think he needed that scene. I think Don Cheadle had a lot of unnecessary lines. I didn't think he needed to speak at all, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being dead serious. Like, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, nothing he said 
was important. No, yeah, at all. they just got him saying like a, a one-liner that's fucking whack. Yeah, nothing was funny. Nothing <laughs> yeah, was smart, I got you. nothing was intelligent. Like, why was he there? Um, so he had a lot, and then the whole Hawkeye being like this ninja was trash. That, that whole storyline did not need to be there. I think it would have been cooler if like they didn't know who it was. Right. And like they went to investigate and they found out like you know, they she found out it was him in a fight or something. Mm-hmm. Not them all knowing who he was and where he was. Like that that was kinda whack. It was just corny, like you know. You've seen the things I've done. Like he's you know, like he's Liam Neeson or somebody. Right. It was just trash. Um <laughs> it wasn't trash, but it was whack. Because uh, Hawkeye is whack. Um, I feel like there's another. Um, I actually enjoyed. It's funny. I thought that they were very. Very lenient with the time travel explanations in this movie. Yeah. Like it took some leaps with time travel. You know. Mechanics that I don't think are real. And uh-huh. don't make it a lot of sense at some points. Uh-huh. But I actually really like the Hulk and, um, you know, the fucking whatever her... The, the Doctor Strange Yeah, chick? I don't know her yeah. character name, but... I forgot her name. Like, too. I thought that the was a really... Yeah, there was a really great... Like, it slowed down uh, the movie in a good way at that point. I agree. it kind of cleared up to... Like what? Like what they were really doing, and what kind of effect it could have. Mm-hmm. And it made sense for you know which characters. Like it's interesting that Hulk is the one who has to have the conversation with her, and like seeing mm-hmm. it from her perspective was kind of interesting. How she was at first just like fuck off, and <laughs> she knocked him right out of his body. Right. <laughs> I like that. That was funny. Yeah, it just it was. I really enjoyed that. Oh, one thing I I didn't, I guess I wasn't, I was unclear about like them being conscious of like what happened. <laughs> that was kind of weird to me. Like um, the people that Iron came Man, back. Yeah, like Doctor Strange. Well, I mean, I, I guess nothing happened to them. They just disappeared. But like the fact that. Iron Man and Doctor Strange like just picked right back yeah, up on like the I, scenario I thing. That's what I'm saying. Like. They just kind of, they were just kind of lenient with the the details. Yeah, Spider-Man was like, yeah, remember when this happened and something happened and I felt weird. And then, like, the fact that they remembered all that, like, so easily was just kind of weird to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they acted like, they, like, they took a nap or something and then they're right back into a fight. I guess, like, they should have known, should have been told, like, what just happened. Like, they spent six years trying to get them back. Like, that would have been cooler, I guess. Yeah. But, um, you know, just the comms pick up, like, yo, where are you? <laughs> where you had, what happened? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, let's see. There's a lot of de- small details I think were weird, but, you know. It didn't affect the movie in a negative way, yeah, I guess. Um, you know, for me, in terms of where they move forward, uh-huh. um, I need them to 
get even more cool with the villain. Like Thanos was somebody who really made the stakes meaningful. Yeah. And because they're gonna have to, you know, raise the bar with the heroes in terms right. of just like what they could do and just how their character arcs are. But yeah. the villain is gonna have to be just in- incredible. Mm-hmm. And not just stupid, overpowered, like, you know, DC wants to do. Um, but somebody really with, like, with Thanos actually has a character. You know, mm-hmm. like, they, he has a clear motive. You understand what his intention is. And there's, mm-hmm. there is an explanation to it. Obviously, you know, people don't agree with it, which you shouldn't. But, like, he's actually a real character. Yeah. And I hope they really raise the bar moving forward with that. Right. Well, I mean, I guess that's one thing I think they kind of missed on was having, um, alluding to the next villain. They didn't really yeah, do that Yeah, I was thinking, well. like, man, if they had thrown in an end credit scene with, like, I mean, I don't know the comics that well, but, like, an even bigger villain... And he's yeah. just sitting, well, like, in a fucking, like, I don't know, a throne or whatever. And he's right. just, like, like even, like, my greatest weapon couldn't do it. Like, I gotta <laughs> yeah, settle I, things or something like that. Like, that would be I, just incredible. Yeah, I get it. I know what you're saying, yeah. Uh-huh. But, um, but this movie, I like that it was conclusive. I agree. I do like that it was conclusive. I really like the um, signature thing they yeah, did at the end. Nice. That was really nice. Um, th- well, Ronan is supposed to be the next villain for Captain Marvel. And Ronan... He's already a villain in Guardians. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's... I think he's like supposed to really start tearing up Earth next time. But um, I guess we'll see. Uh I I guess this left a lot of questions for me with Ant-Man, I think. I know that's random, but, like, I don't know what Ant-Man is going to do after this. Because, like, he he never has to fight. His villains are never as, like, life-world-threatening as the others. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm interested interested to see what Spider-Man does. Oh, well, yeah, we, you know Spider-Man's, Jake Gyllenhaal is coming. Yeah, Spider-Man's technically the last movie in the Phase 3. Right. Uh, so you, you think that sets up some stuff? I mean, I don't know if it sets up much, but, um, you know, they do got Nick Fury, so there, there is some S.H.I.E.L.D. action in there. So it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they showed a little something. Mm-hmm. I, I um... I'm trying to, I don't think Spider-Man ever really teams up with anybody. So he might just be solo in most of his movies. Uh, you don't want to see him team up with uh, with my man's James Franco again? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh. That was a trash character, by the way. <laughs> I mean, Green Goblin was cool, but when James Franco yeah, was the that, whatever he so was... Bad. Whack, yeah. Similar to what they did. I hated the, the green god or the whatever goblin he was in the fucking amazing Spider Man. Oh yeah. The um 
Yeah, the other Peter, I need your kid. blood for a cure. Yeah, that was like, whack. No, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. They tr- they tried way too hard with those movies. They really did. And they ruined Andrew Garfield's chance. Cuz I like I said I didn't think he was doing that bad of a job. And then you know, the rest of the movie was trash. Jamie Foxx was just a terrible casting choice. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jamie Foxx, but I completely agree. <laughs> and the lizard was just weird. Um, it Like, the lizard... The one with the lizard, the action or the fight, like, didn't take place to, like, the last five minutes of the yeah, movie, it felt it like. so quick. Right, the rest of it was just all random stuff happening. Then, you know, the movie's about to be over, and then all of a sudden there's a fight, and like that was the only real fight of the movie. So that was whack. But uh, yeah, I'm interested too. I want to see exactly what um, Jake Gyllenhaal is gonna do to the next movie, good or bad. Um. Yeah, that's all I got, man. You got anything else? Yeah, man, I'm going to see it again uh, probably in a week or two. Me like, too. I know some people got so excited they wanted to see it like the next day. Uh, I kind of did too. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I want to sit on it a little bit. Like, I'm, like the more I think about it, the kind of different my opinion becomes. In what way? Like, certain, certain things when I really dive into, I like more. And some things okay. I like me a little bit less. Okay. Like the time travel stuff really didn't bother me when I'm watching the movie. But yeah. like when you think over it, like, man, they really just kind of left some details just out for, you know, for uh, for your guess. Yeah, because they never showed them. I mean, they just showed Cap going back, but did he? They didn't show him returning everything. Like, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he just has the whole, <laughs> the all the Infinity Stones, and why didn't they do more with the Infinity Stones? That that was another thing I never understood. I mean, I get why they needed to take them back and separate them, but they could have, you know, done some other things with it. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand why anyone has to die when you have the <laughs> Infinity Infinity Stones, other than. Um, Black Widow in this situation um, but I get it it's, it's whatever alright yeah so uh, hope everyone liked it uh, I haven't really heard anyone say anything like overly negative just kind of like the details that we're saying just about it three hour length okay. kind of the only real negative yeah because like we said if they chopped some of it down to maybe like I think the same length as Infinity War. I think 245 would have been a little bit better. Yeah, I think so, Just too. 15 minutes of, like, the really extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, this, this is a great movie. Yeah, I agree. I, just, I loved so many things about it. I loved how they <clears throat> ended such an incredible run. Yeah. They're on, they're on track to make a billion... In like the opening weekend, right? They, they made sixty million just on Thursday night. Yeah, that isn't. I can't wait to look tomorrow at what the fucking of what the box office numbers are. 
Yeah, it's obvious. It's obvious they're gonna break the record. Yeah, I'm saying it's gonna be like 300, probably, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna see it again somehow, one way or another. So. All right. Uh, I'm gonna play one more gem real quick. This is "Rain Dance" by Manila Gray. all we got this week uh well this podcast will be back later um you got anything else 
Yeah, we'll probably get into a deep dive of like how these series uh, look because we'll get a good two yeah. or three game sample. Yeah. Can you yep. picture any of these series being 3-0? Um, I can picture Boston going 3-0. Ooh. Yeah. They're the only ones, though. I mean, I, I think, obviously, I think the Warriors can go 3-0, and but... I, don't, I um, doubt they will. Yeah, I doubt they will, too. I think Rockets... I think the Rockets will take the next one. Um, let's see, what's the other one? Uh, Portland. Nah, I don't see that three, you know. And then there's um. Oh, Toronto, Toronto. I think Toronto is gonna sweep Philly. Honestly, I think Philly can win one, but I, I think they're gonna get swept. I think Toronto's that much better. Um, other than that, nah, man. I, I think the other two series are gonna be pretty competitive, for the most part. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. All right, I'm gonna uh, play the throwback, and we'll be out. Since I talked about pink, um, I'm gonna take it back to what year? Like oh one, maybe? No, nah, not oh one. Yeah, oh one. Um, off her second album. Uh, her first hit. This is get the party started. Yeah, and we'll see you guys next time.